Hey, hey, Cubs fans, and welcome to a brand new edition of Cubs on Tap. I am one of your three panelists for the night, Ron Luce. I am joined by now two recurring guests. This is great. This is we got familiar voices now. Uh, we have Cody Del Mendo, and we have the Juice, the Juice Man himself. On uh, gentlemen, how are we doing tonight, man? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, <clears throat> you know. Uh, the weather has been absolutely terrible the last couple of days, but, uh, you know, with no sports and, uh, you know, like I said, the weather, I, I, things could possibly be worse, uh, but, you know, I'm okay. So I guess that it, for your, to answer your question, like I said, it could be worse, but, you know, I'm good. I feel that. I feel that. Juicy juice, man. How are you doing? Juice. The juice, man. Guys, I'm happy to be on with you guys. Uh, it's, uh, Really depressing around here now. Like like Cody said, the weather sucks. Um, the only sports that are on right now are uh, golf, somewhat, and NASCAR. NASCAR. And uh, but but okay, and that's and that's okay. I, <laughs> I, I did watch the race on Sunday, but let's let's be honest here. It's not it's not one of our favorites. You know, we'll watch it, and we'll enjoy it. But hey, it's it's not you know it's not baseball or basketball or football here. Let's be honest. It's it's got its own spot for now, which is good. And I'm I just got a bad for NASCAR. I got to bet on it to get into it. I, I, that for a sport like that, I, I would have to gamble somehow, some way on it. Uh, that's what I'm saying. Like that's that's the only way I could get into it is if I gamble on it. I'll tell you what, man. Fun little confession. I was a huge NASCAR fan when I was younger. Like I'm talking, I've got diecast the like one to twenty four scale diecast cars. I've got an entire collection of Jeff Gordon, Jimmy Johnson. I got some. Old, I got a couple of them staring at right now. I got a couple old. Uh, some Dale Jr. and Jamie McMurray ones up in my shelves. I was a huge NASCAR fan, and I got away from it for a while. But I'll tell you what, when there's literally no other sports on, it was the perfect opportunity for me to get right back into it. I'm so invested. <laughs> I'm making an Excel spreadsheet right now based on where they started in Sunday's race and where they ended because positive uh, position differential is good for FanDuel because I was playing fan Again, betting on it. NASCAR is so much more fun when you're betting on it, man. I had like I four bet, side bets going. I had FanDuel going. I was invested. I was crushing bush lights uh, like it was my job on Sunday. So I'll tell you what, man. I had a great time, and they are some. They're scheduled to race tomorrow night. There's supposed to be rain, so they think it'll be pushed to Thursday potentially. And I'm off. God, that's Thursday. so 2020, isn't it? It is. It's like, oh, we finally get some sports, some back to back action. It's gonna fucking rain. Like I'm waiting for like Godzilla to come up out of the water and like 2020. Like we got murder hornets, we got coronavirus. Uh, <laughs> you know, we got it all. What's next? You know, just yeah. just throw it at me. Bring it out. We King got Kong, it. Godzilla, the whole night, man. We might as well just get to it. Uh, well, ladies and gentlemen, just quickly, as you can tell, uh, tonight's episode is going to be a little more off the rails than some usual ones, obviously. We don't have a ton of Cubs-related news to talk about necessarily. Uh, so we're just kind of going to let this episode go where it goes, and, and I think this is the perfect panel group here of uh, the three of us. We're we're very good at just going where it goes. So, um, you know, but Juice, I think we, we do want to turn to your thoughts real quick. So Cody and I were, were able to talk last time. Um, on the previous episode uh, about the owner's proposal to resume play circa, you know, July 4th weekend, 82 game schedule, the whole nine. Um, Obviously the news since then is that the players have rejected that because it came out that they would be taking not only 50% pay cuts, but then another 33% on top of that. Um, So they said a quick hell no. Um, But you know, what were your takes just on it? Juicy, obviously maybe your initial thoughts. And then obviously now, now that we know the players rejected it, kind of what your thoughts were there. 
Well, like as a business major for my college and going through this whole thing from a business standpoint, I just when you saw that first proposal, there was no way that the players were going to take that. You know, that's it's an insult. It's and even this 50-50 split, like what does this mean for the future? You know, obviously these players are signed to contracts for X amount of years to play X amount of games. So does that mean that one of their years is, is taken off of their contract? Or does that mean that this is just, just moves it on to the next year? And, you know, I, I'm playing from the Cubs standpoint, too. Like, I know everybody's rooting for Jason Hayward's contract to be over, and <laughs> many of them, trust me, Daniel Descalzo. Like, there's, oh, there's some guys on there that, like, we're really hoping we move on from. So does that mean that we just get suckered into, you know, a two-year deal because of this 50-50 split, essentially? Because, you yeah. know, Daniel Descalzo's got one more deal – year left does this count towards his last year you know this you, is, it's, you can even at, like throw in john lester like you know right he's obviously been great but he's going into his last year of his deal he was coming off probably his worst season as a cub last year older his velocities just continued to drop so like <clears throat> it's like oh you know he's going into this year no expectations you love him no matter what he gave you a world series whatever you get out of them this year or whatever but like not knowing what's going to happen and you might have them next year too. It's kind of like, well, what, 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 what's going on here? So I, in a, in a sense, I guess it could be his contract could be more of a pro for this situation. Cause if they just pay him for this year, then I guess they wouldn't have him for next year because like I said, they're paying him, but I mean, I, I just, I, I don't know. It's, it's just all so much up in the air. Yeah. Well, and just to, just to quickly jump in to, to give you guys a little extra. So I remember distinctly, I don't know how this plays into any new deal that would be done for this 2020. That's kind of the key here. But I recall back in March when these conversations initially came out and they suspended the play for the time being, they, they actually, the MLBPA and the MLB talked about this. And I remember recalling that they said no matter what happens, service time counts this year. So yeah. they announced that, like, for example, Mookie Betts may never play a game in a Dodgers jersey <laughs> if there's yeah. no season this year because he still will be a free agent after the season. So I just want to interject that. I'll let you two keep going because I like and, that. And that's before. fair because and I don't – They should I get look, paid. They should. <laughs> yeah. I. But I also see the owner side of it as well. Like – these guys, not only do they employ tons of people, they do. I mean, you're talking parking, you know, attendants, concession, ushers, you know, even some some of the bars around Wrigley are technically owned by Ricketts, so it's in his budget. The, you know, the so rooftop the rooftops, aren't they owned by the Cubs? Right. Now? Yeah. So yeah. in that standpoint, like if there's only so much, and I know they have millions and billions of dollars. I'm not I'm not saying poor owners, but yeah. there is such thing as an acting budget. And I wonder how it, this affects, you know, the future. You know, with Ricketts, he's mortgaged a lot of money around Wrigley. And he's depending on that revenue to push baseball budget. So to put two and two together, if he doesn't have revenue... What does that mean for our baseball budget next year? You know, 50-50 split is fine now, but mm -hmm. if he doesn't have any fans that generating revenue, that spike in payroll and the massive miss in terms of marquee that's been, you know, the the, <laughs> the cloud over this whole franchise. Yeah, still I can't wonder, watch. <laughs> I, right. I wonder, like, what's the, what is going to be the revenue in the payroll for next year when there are no fans for 80 games? 
on top of that, you know, the entire conversation about Chris Bryant, like, are, are they going to trade him? Like, hell, I mean, I don't know what it, what the extension might be, but like that, this entire situation might play a big factor into that. I don't know, but absolutely, it's yeah, it's consider. it. I mean, there's player. I mean, Javi Baez. You know, you're, we're talking about guys that. This couldn't have happened at the worst time for this organization because yeah. they're, like I said, they're counting on that revenue to push baseball budget between marquee and between all the things they built around the park. If none of those are open or they're 50% capacity and they, they can't have the revenues that they normally do and the projections aren't there. God, man, Ricketts is going to have to, he's going to have to front a lot mm-hmm. out of his own pocket. And with that said, he probably has the, the money to do so, mm-hmm. but it's uh, it's scary to think that, you know, the team was was putting so much in in, in stage, you know, for for their future, mm. and a lot of it, you know, revolves around this year. Them, you know, pushing marquee, them having that revenue stream from that, them having all these new bars and all this uh, this money to pick from, and it's it's not going to happen because there's not going to be any fans, and even if the restaurants are open around the park, they're going to be at fifty percent capacity. Yeah, and you bring up a good yeah. point too, and and this is something that I actually thought about as you were mentioning that. So it was reported a few days ago. Bruce Levine came out and said that Xfinity and Marquee expect to have a deal by the time baseball's back. Now, whenever that is, remains to be seen. But I guess there were they were very close to finishing and agreeing on talks in spring training before the halt of COVID, and then obviously they put that tabled because they said, "Well, is it worth it?" Kind of a mm-hmm. question I want to hear from you guys because I have a stance on it and I'll say my stance at the end. But do you guys think that in a time of no baseball, when baseball fans like us, crazed Cubs fans, are craving any kind of Cubs content, even if it's Ryan Dempster, Mark DeRosa, and Dan Plesak sitting around the table talking Cubs baseball, are you craving enough Cubs content to where you think Xfinity and, and Marquis should do a deal right this very second to keep the fans occupied until the season comes? Or... Do you think it is worth them just waiting and playing it out until baseball resumes? Um, well, <clears throat> I don't I don't know how much. I mean, majority of the Chicago market has Xfinity, right? Or at least I, I don't know the percentages on that. But I think it's like 60 percent almost. If they did that, then more people are watching the network, which means money coming in. I don't I mean, if, if I don't I think I'm thinking that correctly. Um that and, and to me that's i mean why hasn't it been done like that that would be a, a a way for revenue to come in i guess in a way uh i don't like i said I don't, I don't know how much it would be but uh you know that's that's just my first thought off the top of my head uh but i mean and nothing against bruce levine he's said a lot of rumors said a lot of you know tweeted a lot of things to get me all riled up and excited and then only to just really just disappoint me at the end of the day. But uh, I'll take what he said with a grain of salt, especially with this with, with this situation. Yeah, no, uh, for sure. And I think that's uh, that's totally fair. Juice, do you, do you have any quick thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I, I always looked at this whole situation this way, and I, I think we talked about this, Ron, on one of the earlier podcasts when they were setting this whole network up. I mean, Xfinity and Comcast are very much in bed with NBC sports. So what does, what does marquee bring to, obviously it brings the Cubs to Xfinity, but I mean, if I had a product that I'm already trying to sell, why wouldn't I just push NBC sports 
unless the Cubs came to me with a deal that I could not refuse. That's why I always thought the Cubs never had any bargaining power in this whole contract situation because NBC Sports is Comcast's baby, that they want people to watch that channel. You know, they want people to watch Bulls, Hawks, Sox, because that's what they've invested their money in. You know, you bring another channel in, and not only that, you're, you're asking the customer to buy this into the sports package that will raise their cost, and you're taking away, you know, your viewers from what you own. I, it just never made much sense to me, and that's why I think this Comcast thing is dragged longer than it, it than most of these have because there's just so many other back-moving parts in right. different markets that they're already sunk dollars into, which is NBC Sports. Right. And it's, it's crazy I, just to think that way. I think, and I've said this multiple times on this podcast, I'm pretty sure, if the, the, the route the Cubs took on this whole thing, like the fact that it's still not done, and yeah, they're using COVID as a reason that it's not now, which I guess you can argue is, is fair. But the fact that before COVID, we were we were like in the middle of spring training, and we still couldn't watch if you had Comcast. Like, like that's a problem. Like, th- and that's the thing. Like, they the route they took on this, like they should have had this done months ago. Like, they should have got on it the moment the Cubs were eliminated from the postseason or from the from playoff contention last year. Like, and just had it set up and ready. And they could have debuted it like the day the player showed up for spring training or something. Uh, I mean, I understand that it's more there's more factors into it and everything. But I'm just saying that the route that they took, like they they just waited way too long on trying to get this done. And that's why I feel like the most of the fans right now are so against. That. I mean, I still remember when I was at the Cubs convention uh, in January when Rick had said something uh, he said something about Marquee Network, and then like the entire crowd like booed him, booed him for this. And you know, like at that point, I I was I was I thought it was a little too much, considering you know, at the time you're like, well, you know, it's gonna bring in revenue for the team, blah blah blah. And I mean, I understand the other side is like everyone grew up with WGN, so like I, I totally understood both sides of it. Uh, but at this point. Uh, it's just hard for any for anyone to even understand why this thing hasn't been done, and uh, you know that's that's my biggest thing is like this. Is, I don't care if it is COVID or not; like this should have been done months ago. Agreed. Yeah, I just think it's a reflection always, and I, I hate this guy and I hate this name, and I've, I'll probably bring it up ten times on this podcast throughout you know the time we do this. But I think anything that Crane County touches within the Cubs is just a nightmare. You know yeah. I mean? Let's face it. Prior to Ricketts coming into town, if he was the head of business operations at the Cubs, what revenue streams was he creating prior? I mean, let's, let's, I mean, I know I'm going to give him a little break because Tribune company was Tribune and they were, they weren't really trying to add much into it, but mm-hmm. he, he never got creative during that time either. And I think since Ricketts came, He's just rode the coattails because everything was easy after that. Ricketts bought the buildings. Ricketts says he was going to put a Cub store in there. He was going to put a bar. You know, they were going to do so many different things to this park. What has Crane Kenny done other than sit there and have a job and get paid millions? I, I, and I know this is, you know, I don't know if this is an unpopular opinion or not, but I think Craig or, or, or Crane Kenny is maybe 
the, the worst business <laughs> um, mind that they could have in the front right now because oh, yeah. obviously he's headed this whole marquee network mm-hmm. and it's a disaster. Yeah. And, and at the worst possible time because I, the big, the big business guys, like the people, and I don't even want to throw Ricketts in there as much, but just everyone that's like right below him, I guess that's behind like the whole, like how they re renovated Wrigleyville and Wrigley in general. And like, and all that, it's like, they're like the complete opposite from the rest of the organization in my eyes. Like Ricketts, like like I said, Ricketts changed the perception of the Cubs, so I don't want to throw him in there. But I feel like all these other guys who were just here for the money and whatever else, they're who you know people on social media or you know people like us right now talking about it on a podcast. They're they're the people we're talking about in terms of like what the fuck is this organization doing? And uh, it's frustrating because. You know, as far as Marquis, like I said, you know, the older generations were used to WGN. WGN is literally how how we are probably Cubs fans. I mean, I know we're from Illinois, so we're automatically going to get the channel anyway. And I'm, but I'm pretty sure it's it's a nationwide channel. So, but like, I mean, that's that's why there's so many Cubs fans because of that channel. So when you take that away, and when you take it away, and you don't, <laughs> you 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 go you go about the process that you're going with now, and it's still not finished. You got to expect an outrage, and I think we all deserve to be outraged about it. Yeah, I I 100% agree. And, you know, you guys both bring up great points, and I think something, too, that some people might lose sight of because it's been a couple years, but, like, NBC Sports Chicago was CSN Sports Chicago, which was Comcast Sports that at one point. Like, it literally, like you guys said, it is their baby, and it's like there's a part of me, I I guess the frustration with the Marquee Sports Network is this. You know, when the Yankees broke off and did Yes, and they have the Yes Network in New York, which is their exclusive channel and this, that, and the other, you know, they didn't have that same, you know, and they might have. I don't know entirely. I don't know the New York market all that well, but I don't think they had the same, you know, kind of barrier to entry as they do here because of the Comcast slash Xfinity to NBC Sports Chicago connection. And that is really screwing them right now because, you know, I, I mean, right now, NBC Sports Chicago's done a great job. You know, you got you had the Bulls rewind with the 96, you know, championship run being played, each of the wins. You had the 2010 Chicago Blackhawks Stanley Cup team alternating nights with the 96 Bulls. That was an incredible month of April just from a rewind standpoint. And then now they're doing Sox rewind games every night at 7 p.m., as well as now 2013 Cup run Blackhawks games at 4 p.m. They have enough content. to. There's a revenue stream there still. It is very, mm. very present. They're getting that ad revenue because they know people in the Chicagoland market are watching. I've been watching the Blackhawks rewinds. Obviously, we mm. haven't been watching the Sox rewinds. But anything Hawks and Bulls, I've been watching, you know. And, and they they also probably right now could run games from, you know, that 2011-2012 era Bulls. And they could generate buzz because everybody's so hooked on basketball right now after the last dance. So it's like... NBC Sports Chicago is doing everything right right now, and it's like Marquee's doing everything wrong. Again, not necessarily Marquee itself, but the Cubs are doing everything wrong to get this deal struck with Xfinity because, again, you know, I think the market data showed it's like 57% of Chicagoland is dominated by Xfinity. That's Mm -hmm. tough, and I don't even think Dish has it yet, or maybe Dish does, but I don't think DirecTV does either. Your two biggest, you know, cable providers in the city of Chicago and the surrounding area don't have your network. 
that's not a yeah. good play, you know? Obviously, Hulu is up and running. I have a couple friends that have Hulu and rub it in my face every day that they're watching all these cool old Cubs games, and I'm jealous. But, like, <laughs> you know, it's just like... I cool agree. flex, they, bro. Yeah, right? Yeah. They're literally a 2020 <laughs> flex at this pace. Um, yeah. I saw something today. This is a little off topic, and I'll, I'll get back on topic in a minute. But I saw a tweet from New Zealand that kids are going back to school in New Zealand because the country did the right thing and they only had a total of 21 case or 21 deaths in a country of 5 million people because they had a good compassionate government. And it was like, this is the ultimate 2020 flex. And I'm like, yeah, kind of, it really, <laughs> it really is, is at this point. That is a, that but, is a strong flex. You know, oh man. Right. But you know, speaking, oh. uh, you know, obviously 2020 flex is like, this would be the time that marquee would be thriving because imagine all the content you could do. You have a whole yeah. channel just dedicated to the Cubs. You can yeah. you can have you know live webcasts between Ryan Dempster and players, and I think they've been doing that. The problem yeah. is, is seventy five percent of your it. fan base can't watch the damn channel. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, yeah I'm pretty sure they played like all the games from twenty sixteen in order, like starting from the NLDS to the World Series, and like they would they show like they would share highlights on Twitter or Facebook, whatever platform you, you use the most. And yeah, every time I saw one, I was like, Oh yeah, I'd love to turn the game on. Nice to see. But, I, but I can't, <laughs> you know, cause I don't have, I don't have marquee network. And, uh, you know, it was always funny though. You go in the mentions of those tweets and, uh, you know, everyone's like, Oh, I wish I could watch. <laughs> so, yeah. And, and Ron, you had mentioned, you know, the Yankees and the yes network, you know, I had done some research on this, because I was curious, and I, I had the same this fear a long time ago that this was going to be the situation that the Cubs were going to end up in. And I never wrote an article about it, and I should have. And I, I poo-poo myself for not just jumping in and doing it. But the Yes Network actually showed half their season on a different network the first year that they moved over to Yes. So it was their way of integrating what the program looked like, what the channel looked like, on cable TV. So it was a good way for half of their games, for their, their fan base to watch half of them. And the other half, you had them on, obviously, the Yes Network. So it was a good way for them to, A, pitch it to their customers free. I mean, essentially, they could the Cubs could have did this with WGN. You just don't go cold turkey on it. You, mm-hmm. you throw 20 games in there. And you put up the marquee sports sign. It's, it's marquee sports on WGN. And you mm-hmm. show it how you project the channel for 20 games. And then, you know, maybe somebody says, oh, man, I enjoyed that. I like the marquee network. I liked all the mm-hmm. commercials. I liked the, you know, the analysis they're doing on the sideline. I'm going to go on my, on my cable package and order it. And then there's not such stress as all or nothing. You know, mm-hmm. the Cubs now are stuck in this. Nobody can watch it because these carriers don't have it. So mm-hmm. why didn't they just decide to, you know, show 20 games on WGN you know and promote they, their product? You know why they didn't? Decide to do that, Juice? Why is that? Because you didn't write an article, but you know what you can still do? You can still write, write that article. article. <laughs> I know. And, and I said, right. But that would also, you know, that would provide me with, you know, getting on my computer and yeah, forming homework. sentences, which, but yeah, no, and I, and I should. I should write about this, and it is a topic that I, I think I had had conversations with Buzz off the, you know, off the record, not on the, on a podcast about how I, I worried about this thing. And, I think what the, what the Cubs did and what Crane Kenny does far too often, and he, is he never does his freaking homework. He doesn't go to Yes Network or the Dodger Network and see what didn't work. You know, and I'm sure they did. I'm sure that they went and they saw all these things, and they just thought, well, that can't happen to me. 
Well, look where you're yeah. standing now. They looked at the dollar signs. That's what yeah. they looked at. And right. that's about it. Like like I said, they, they, they just care about the money that it could potentially bring in. They didn't think about the fans. They didn't think about, uh, you know, the, the, the people that truly bring in the money. And that, and like I said, that's just the most, that's the most uh, annoying thing about it. And like, this is just like a, like, this is like a, like a trend that they do. They do this so many times, whether it's this, um, you know, the situation with Addison Russell was terrible. I don't know if that's more baseball ops or not, but like, you know, they, they just go, they have these stupid, they do these stupid things and like, they, they, this is never learn. Guys, they never learn, and that's what really just pisses me off. I, I feel you on that, Cody. You know, our, our friends over at the uh, at the Sox on Tap group, which Cubs fans, if you have friends that are Sox fans, send them over our way to On Tap Sports Net with our buddies at Sox on Tap. But they always say that's so White Sox, and in this case, that's so Cubs. Like this is a it very is. Cubs thing. It's you have a perfect opportunity because of what, exactly what you said, right? You've got, you know, these teams that have their own networks. They've experienced the growing pains. They know what it's like. And they're in huge markets. LA and New York, literally the two only two biggest cities population wise until Houston eventually passes us because they're making babies like rabbits. You know <laughs> really the only two cities in the country right now that have a larger population than you do. How do you, what growing pains did you guys go through? And the beauty of those two cities, they have other teams. They're the yeah. only two other cities in the country that have teams that share a city. The perfect demographic like study are those two, the Dodger Network and Yes Network in New York. And I agree, Juice. I'm sure they did go to them and say, hey, what'd you do and what'd you do, what'd you do? And I'm sure, you know, knowing those two, admittedly, they're high-class organizations. We might not, we might not like them because they're always good, but they're high-class mm-hmm. organizations. I'm sure they gave decent feedback to the Cubs because they know when baseball's doing well and the Cubs are doing well, everybody's making money. Nope. And the Cubs just probably, you know, whipped out their dongs and peed on the the research and just said, "Nah, we're going to do it our way." And you know, I agree, Cody. You know, kind of what you said. They didn't think about the fans. This is the perfect. This would be the perfect time, and this might be the bourbon talking just a smidge. But this would be the perfect time where I could be sitting here right now drinking my beautiful glass of bourbon, watching an old Cubs game on the Marquee Sports Network. I'd be all over it. But you know what I've been doing instead? binge-watching Netflix. I don't ever binge-watch TV because there's nothing else for me to watch. There's no baseball. I, I mean, don't get me wrong. Will I watch an old White Sox game if I'm that bored? Sure, it's baseball. But mm-hmm. I would much rather watch an old Cubs game. I'd much rather right. watch D-Lee go deep in a game in 2007. I'd much rather watch the 2016 you know World Series run. I'd rather watch Jake Arrieta pitch in 2015 when he won his Cy Young. There's so many other things I'd rather do. I would rather watch Kerry Woods strike out his last batter at Wrigley Field in his last game yep. as a Cub. That's no doubt. And that only happened, you know, a couple years, you know, however many years ago, about two or three days ago. I'd rather watch that stuff. But instead, you know, I'm watching paranormal ghost shows on on demand, <laughs> and I'm watching, you know, I mean, Don't I got my ghost shows, buddy. Oh, I'm no, 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 fan of the ghost hole, the ghost rabbit holes. I know. Big I am. Thing. I am. I uh, ask <laughs> any of like my closest friends. I'm the biggest ghost believer in the world. I love that shit. I'm just. I'm enamored by it. I'll watch oh. it when I'm bored because it's awesome and it's entertaining. But it just that's the point. It's just like I. I would watch Marquee if I had the ability to watch Marquee. I'm an. You know, my family is an Xfinity customer. I can't watch Marquee Network and it drives me absolutely bananas to the point where I've actually considered signing up for Hulu just so I can watch it. 
Like, that's the point where I'm at. And I think there's a lot of other yeah. Cubs fans in that way, too. And that's where, you know, this was actually something I was going to put in an article, and I might still. But, you know, I think Marquee and Xfinity need to get in bed together. Let's be friends. Marquee, if you need to take a little less than you wanted in year one just to get the, the your foot off the ground, because Juice, exactly what you said. You start broadcasting a couple games in Marquee, and people start seeing the product. Maybe they do do like a one or two and they decide to, you know, say, hey, you know what? Screw it. We'll do a one or two on like NBC Sports Chicago because we're in bed with Xfinity now and this will be our little agreement. You can advertise the product and all of a sudden you get people that were totally against getting marquee are like, hmm, how much is it again for the year? Hmm. Okay. Maybe I'll do it. What do you mean? I'm already paying $200 to Xfinity. What's another 202? You know, that's that's, and that's the. I, I, the thing that makes me, and Ron, you bring up so many good points in there. The thing that really makes me worried about this whole thing is if you look back at the, the Dodger network, they just got a signature for their largest TV provider for Dodger games. And that's, that thing's been there for five, six, seven years. That's brutal. So it took them that long. And that's how long people couldn't watch Dodger games without going to a bar. Now, mind you, in LA, and I've said this and I'll say this all the time, you're living in L.A. Sports are third on your list. Yeah, right. Second I mean, and third fiddle. I mean, the yeah. beach is there. The fantastic restaurants are there. Just the yeah. outside life. Let's face it. If it's 75 degrees, I doubt it that people in Chicago would be as diehard to Cubs and White Sox and all our sports teams as, as people think. But with that said, there was still a market and a ton of Dodger fans out there that I'm sure for however long it was, five, six, seven years, however long it was that the Dodger Network's been going on, I would have liked to watch some games in the last five to seven years because let's face it, the Dodgers have been the cream of the crop in the NL for God knows how long here. You know, so that's what scares me. It's not a matter of how good the team is and if it'll, you know, stick and people will watch it. It's a matter of the deal. And the Cubs just have no buying or bargaining power right now. Okay. And in the situation of COVID 19, I just feel like Ricketts has set his number and he's waiting for this to bail him out. And he's going to be stubborn, and he's going to say, screw the fans. Who cares? It's an 82-game season. At this point, I'm already losing money, and they can't watch it. So why don't I just wait this out? And if Comcast starts to lose customers, like Ron said, and they move to Hulu or move to wherever dish, wherever the hell they got to go to get it, you know, maybe that puts pressure on Comcast to do it. But with that said, I just don't think that there's as many people out there who are just moving cable companies just for the Cubs. I mean, we would. We've, we've talked about that. We're that diehard. But how many of us are out there that would give up you know, their, their TV package opposed to just saying, well, the Cubs game's on. They're playing the Cardinals. I'll go to the bar. You know I mean? The Cubs are playing the Royals in early play. Do I really give a shit to go and spend $20 on appetizers and another 30 on beer to watch the Cubs play the Royals? No. So <laughs> that's where the Cubs are at right now, and I think that they're in a position where they have no – they have no chip at the table other than, you know, hey, I got this thing. Help me, please. And well, I, that, that doesn't work at a poker table. Yeah, and just no. to kind of piggyback on what you said, Juice, you know, there's also a huge group of that Cubs fan base that, you know, from the months of, or you know, circa May 15th to September 15th would rather just say, I'm going to go to the ballpark or I'm going to go to Murphy's Bleachers or I'm going to go to Sluggers or I'm going to go to the Cubby Bear or I'm going to go – here, there, and the other way. I'm going to go pay $30 for a bleacher ticket on the day of the game. They would rather do that 
than sit at home and watch a game. And that's I, – I agree with you. I think that's the thing. And, you know, it, it's 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 a bit of a shame, really. I mean, because I would I, – I think I think in principle of what Marquee is as an entity itself. I think what they've designed with who they have on the analysis team, the type of content that they want to bring to fans, this, that, and the other. The actual plan of the entity itself is fantastic. I think Marquee Sports Network could be the best of all of the team exclusive networks in baseball. I really do because they are, you know, they are dialed in on Cubs baseball because they know us Cubs fans are absolutely fucking nuts about Cubs baseball. But at the same time, the business people around Marquee are the ones that are getting so damn greedy thinking, wow, this is such a great product. And I'm sure it is. But again, in any good business negotiation and juice, I know you can attest to this. And Cody, you know what? I know you can even attest to this. And I think even Joe Schmo down the street can attest to this. You got to scratch my back a little bit for me to scratch yours. That's any good business deal. You're never, there's always a winner and loser, admittedly. I'll agree with that. But you always got to give a little to get a little. You know, it's it's that delicate balance of, of negotiation. And, you know, unfortunately, like you said, are the Cubs really willing to budge right now because of all these lost revenues? I mean, hell, mm-hmm. I would love to know. You know, I know they said on average, they've come out in the press that on average, and this is average in the league, you know, $640,000 per game is lost for each team. That's on average. That's not the crazy fan bases of the New York Yankees you know, or the Chicago Cubs or, you know, some of these big market teams that draw incredibly well on a game to game basis. I bet you the Cubs number is probably close to a million dollars a game. You know, I would I would be yeah, and juices, that, yeah there you go. Mm-hmm. I mean one point two, one point three, one point four, maybe even one point five. I'd even go two million to be honest with you with the revenue streams too that they'll lose, maybe three or four. Think yeah. about the bars around there. Some people go to the games and they don't even go in the park. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They just go to the bar. <laughs> I've done they go before. to they go to Brick House. I mean, yeah. that place is three stories. You know how many people they fit in that damn place? I I would bet it's it's close to three million. And this is the other part. No one's thinking who who's gonna pay huge advertising dollars either. Think about it. Some of these people are cutting their cords. Yeah. Because they don't have the money because their small businesses are going out. Mm-hmm. So I mean, yeah. it's just a it's a giant shit storm that mm-hmm. is just gonna grab everything in its power. And Man, if anything, COVID is just kind of like a oh, I told you so uh, thing right. for the Cubs. Like I said, they should have done it a lot earlier. That if they would have done it earlier, they would be going through all this uh, BS. And uh, you know, yeah, they'd probably be losing money, but they wouldn't be losing money through uh, TV streams and stuff like that. So, uh, you know, that is what it is. But like I said, they just should have had it done quicker. Uh, should have been more organized, and uh, the. Uh, the big business people in their organization are a bunch of greedy fucks. That's all. And I that's got. why I hate it. I hate to say this. I don't have faith that there'll be a baseball season. I don't. Because no. I, <laughs> I, I think at the end of the day, the owners are just going to say, it's cheaper for me not to have these games mm-hmm. and, and just to bite the bullet and hope that somebody gets bailed out. Because honestly, it, it's going to cost money for them to do, to run these. It's going to cost for what? You know what I mean? Right. It, I, I really don't, and I hate to say it, and I hope I'm wrong. I've been wrong before. I just don't think that there is a deal out there for the owners and for the players and for all the money that's been sunk into this that everybody wins, and I don't think that there's an avenue where the owners lose and they take it because, let's face it, they're 
millionaires for a reason. It's because they're damn good at business and they're smart and they're not going to do bad business. So I think that the only way that they take it is if the players really give back and them too. I see their end. There is no such thing as there should be no such thing as a wasted year in any sport. You know, you make that money while you're doing it because, I mean, let's face it, you know, it's short lived. Next year, you know, you Darvish could tear his rotator cuff and he's done forever. You know, I mean, it's a lot of these guys are they're fighting for contracts, and I, I, I don't see an avenue where you play baseball, everybody wins, and everybody takes a deal that they're happy with. And I just the owners are going to be the ones that don't budge on me. I, I just I don't think there's going to be baseball. I don't. Yeah. Yeah. I think at the I think it will be a, like a official officially canceled if if they don't have anything by the end of the month. Like if they're still where we're currently at by the end of the month, I don't think there's going to be any baseball because you st- to even have a season you still have to have like a a, a spring training a sense of. You know, like a two, three week, uh, you know, for pitchers to get their arms ready again. Um, so I guess they they could do that in June. But I mean, like I said, if they don't have it done by the end of the month, I mean, what's maybe two more weeks? Maybe. Like, it's say, coming down to the wire. <laughs> yeah, you're 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 like superior cutoff in my pains like June tenth, because yeah. you know you would need to get something started by circa like June eighteenth at the latest. You know, like you guys said, just to get pitchers, you know, because like, you know, I know there's, you know, been reports and I think this is something, Cody, that we discussed on the last Cubs on tap. John Lester hasn't thrown. Nope. You know, some of these older pitchers are preserving their arms, whereas you got these young guns who have been warming up and, you know, guys like I remember. Okay, this is coming back to me because I remember Marcus Stroman. Stroman, (laughs) Edward Elzelay actually is a perfect one if we're talking Cubs pitchers who have been throwing on a regular basis off a mound. So. You know, you need to give these guys at least two weeks to get their arms ready in some capacity. And even then, who knows if that's enough? Because, you know, normal spring training is a whole entire month of the year. You know, plus, and because you of know, all of that, because of it being kind of rushed and it's not going to be normal, like, that, I, to me, that's just injuries are going to, yep. you know, pile up. Well, and it, that doesn't help anyone. I mean, spe- right. especially the player, especially if they're going to a contract year or something like that. Uh, like, they're cut. Think of it that way. You know, I I hate to think about it, but think of Derrick Rose. You know what I mean? Think about that 50-game season and and how some of that hurt him, too. You know, I I hate to relate it to a different sport. but Yeah, obviously everyone talks about that ACL injury, but he was hurt off and on that entire season. Right. So, I don't know. I I just don't see it. And I I don't see – there's also the fact that as this goes deeper – I'm I'm of the opinion that a lot of sports fans, I know I and Cody and, and you, Ron, as well, you, you guys have the ability to watch multiple sports at once. But the later this goes on, the sooner you're getting the NFL season. And some people who are just casual baseball fans who do it because they enjoy the summer, they enjoy drinking at the game, watching a few, you know, having a few with their buds and hitting the bars up in Wrigley. Let's face it, they're not going to be as heavily invested in September and August when training camp and, you know, you're starting to get into preseason games and it, it's just not going to be that way with a, with an NFL season that I think is, is booming. And I think people are getting more excited for that because more or less they, they feel safer that with that product, because it is so later in the year that it won't be compromised opposed to baseball going with 
different rules with the universal DH, you know, different amount of players on the roster and a shortened season that let's be honest is going to be looked at as well. They played it and you won an 82 game season. You won the world series with 14 playoff teams. I, I think that there's the, the fact that people look down at this season as well, it was just whatever, you know, we, we got to yeah. play coronavirus really essentially ruined it. So yeah, I, a lot of me, honestly, I would, I would probably, it's not that I wouldn't take it seriously or anything, but I would look back and be like, Oh yeah, that was, that was a weird, a weird year. And COVID was wild, whatever. Like I, <laughs> I, I probably, I, but they, at the, at the end of the day, like whoever wins the world series, I'd be like, uh, asterisks. <laughs> like right. I, just, I, I just wouldn't take it seriously. Yeah. And I, and Cody, I know we got to discuss that at length too in the last episode. And like, I guess I'm a little bit in the other camp just because I guess the, okay. So the original deal, obviously now that's totally out the window. So it's like, now what? But at the time, it was like, you know, if there's going to be an expanded playoff, even if it's a, a shorter season, you know, the games are going to be more competitive, in my opinion, because it's a shorter window of time. You know, Cody, I think you brought up the excellent point on the last one. You and Justin, I think, agree to this. You know, you can't start 2-8 and eight in an 82-game schedule. You're pretty much out of it. You start 2-8. and eight. You know, so that makes things more important. But then at the same time, you know, then an expanded playoff is if you're one of those teams that's able to sneak in and really show like, hey, if you guys expand the playoffs, there's some really damn good teams that miss every year that could go on a run and win it. Like they're in any situation. Right. And and this is me being just playing the fair field. Right. There's always a good and a bad. But I agree. I think there's a lot of fans that would be like, hey, asterisk or, you know, hey, it just doesn't feel the same without fans or, hey, it, like you guys said. I live in Wrigleyville. I like going out to the ballpark and watching the game and getting drunk in the bleachers. I'm yeah. a big baseball fan, and I admittedly like doing that. So it's like, right. you know, there, there's baseball is in such a weird position right now because I agree with you, Juice. The NFL season's looming. You know, NBA might have a plan in place to reboot. NHL's trying to reboot with a 24-team playoff, which would be absolutely asinine if you ask me, but we won't go down that rabbit hole. <laughs> so, you know, the other sports are trying to get going. They're trying to do something, especially the NBA and the NFL, because right now, from a revenue market view standpoint, those are the two dominating sports. If you're baseball right now, I if I'm the owners, I'm scared shitless, because <laughs> what happens? Does baseball fall out of relevance? And this is the part of me that's, uh, you know, and kind of this is tying it way back into something that you said, Cody, you know, not only with injuries for pitchers. You don't think that in an 82-game season, if they're going to try and generate fan base, they're going to juice the shit out of the ball? Good luck to your numbers. You're, you're a Cy Young pitcher if you got a four ERA in a season like that because that ball's going to be flying out of the ballpark like it's nothing. There's going to be balls getting parked down on Waveland Avenue on the regular at Wrigley. You know, that's the problem. And, you know, it would look like the summer of 98, which is something that we at least thankfully have to look forward to from a baseball standpoint because that – ESPN 30 for 30 is going to be awesome. But, which I was actually thinking about the other day that they don't even, you know, you figure how great that summer was. You f you don't even think about the home run derby that Ken Griffey Jr. won that, that summer. Like, that was one of the best Ooh, home run derbies of all, I all didn't, time. I so, haven't thought about that, no. <laughs> so it's like, you know, that how great that summer was. You know, we talk about players being juiced. Why not just juice the shit out of the ball and watch baseball become relevant again? But again, you know, it's like, if you're baseball, what do you do? Do you decide to do that in 2021? Do you juice the shit out of the ball and say, you know what? Sorry, pitchers. We're inflating your stats because we need fans back. Or do you just bite the bullet and say, is baseball a dying sport in America? 
Which is unfortunate because I don't want to see that. This got real 2020 sound. Yeah. 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 Sorry, Uh, I didn't mean to spin it into that rabbit hole. But like, I've I've always considered baseball, at least of recent years, more like you. I feel like as far as like a popularity standpoint, I've always, at least, like I said, today, I would compare it more with the NHL. Like it's very popular in its regional spot. Um, you know, obviously in Chicago, baseball is huge because there's two teams and the Cubs are huge and they've been good recently. The White Sox have a rich history because, you know, random people love to wear their logo, whatever. Um, you know, and then there's teams like, I don't know, the Diamondbacks, like, okay, 2001 was, was wild as hell. But other than that, no one really remembers much about the Diamondbacks. So there's teams like that are really popular in terms of like where they're at. And then there's other teams where they might be popular where they're at, but who knows if they even are because they just have a rich history. So I, that's why I kind of compare them to the, the NHL in terms of just like being real popular in a regional standpoint. They're not like the NBA. I don't think baseball is ever going to be like the NBA in terms of like being popular globally, uh, even though they have so many players from like, you know, the Dominican and like, like Puerto Rico, stuff like that. But just, from a global standpoint, I just don't see the pop as popular as the NBA. Um, but I think a lot of that has to do with just like how baseball markets their players. Uh, it, I feel like it potentially could get to that spot uh, if they learned how to do that. I mean, it's still it's a it's a damn shame that there's so many people who don't know who Mike Trout is. Uh, but <laughs> but you know, like there's there's so there's so many things baseball the MLB could do to you know increase popularity. But as it stands right now, like I said, I think they're more like right there with the NHL in terms of, you know, you have your you obviously have your casual fans. But the, the the diehards, they're all they're they're probably are in love with the team that they live by. Yeah. And, and you know, something I and I think that's a good point And that's interesting because the NHL is finally starting to come around on marketing their players. And that's why the sport is taking off. I mean, ever since really that 2004 lockout the NHL has grown exponentially in terms of uh, not only just a, a, a national fan base, but even an international fan base. And so I guess that's a good question that it serves for baseball, right? Is do you do something to change that? Do you think about juicing the hell out of the balls and creating more offense? Because here's my thing with the NBA. And the last dance, we're, we're tying this into all the relevancies here, folks. What is the last dance shown? Last dance, there was games that ended 75-73 in the NBA. When was the last time you saw 75-73 in the NBA? Probably in the 90s. Scoring the third quarter. Up. Right. The beginning of the third quarter. Exactly. The, the Bulls in like 2014 when they didn't know how to score. Right. Like <laughs> When Derrick Rose is hurt. Exactly. You know, the scoring has gone up in the NBA, which I think has helped grow the game. And then, again, a rabbit hole that I would love to go down to end the show if you guys want to is marketing your players. Every great sport can market their place. The NFL is amazing at it, which is why they're so huge. The NBA has arguably, in my opinion, been the best at it because, you know, everybody knows who LeBron James is. Everybody knows who Giannis is. Everybody knows who Steph is. They're so big, you can refer to them by one name. Steph, mm. Giannis, LeBron, and everybody knows who you're talking about. But again, if I said Trout, they'd be like, the fish? Like, just <laughs> like you said, you know, baseball is so terrible at, at their, you know, marketing the players. And honestly, if the and, my, and this is in my opinion, and I know if anybody that was not a Cubs fan was to listen to this podcast, they're going to tell me I'm a biased prick, but I don't give a shit because this is not trying to be biased. 
You're telling me a player with the flair of Javier Baez, if the MLB marketed their players better, would not be one of the most popular players in the league? He probably would be. You know, because people, kids nowadays like that flair. They like that celebration. The NFL got rid of the celebration rule because they want guys celebrating in the end zone when they score touchdowns. They want to promote offense because people like scoring. And I know the purists still like defense, and I enjoy a good defensive game in any sport from time to time. But if I'm a casual fan, which is admittedly probably about 65% of most fan bases, I like scoring. Scoring gets me interested. I like watching Kobe put up 60 points in his last game. I like Mm -hmm. watching Steph pull up from damn near half court and drain a three. I like watching Tom Brady throw for five touchdowns in a game and win a game 38-35 because it's back and forth. I don't like watching a 1-1, you know, going into the ninth with a team walking off 2-1 snoozer of a baseball game. That's just me being honest. Again, us Mm -hmm. as diehard fans, I love that. That's a great game. That's strategic, especially in the NL with the pitcher batting. But if I'm a casual fan, I'm falling asleep on the Sunday afternoon on the couch from innings four to seven because that's just how that is. And I think Mm -hmm. that's where, you know, almost in a way, you know, and and this is something Cody and I touched on, Juice, so I know you might like this analogy. The last episode, Korean baseball is going the opposite. They're killing their ball because they want less offense because their offense has been super inflated. Like Eric Thames hit 140 RBIs in like 60-something <laughs> games his MVP year. But maybe that's the way that MLB needs to go. Juice the hell out of the baseball. Sure, pitchers aren't going to like it, but you're going to get more fans. Pitchers are going to get paid more money if you're dominant. If you're a dominant mm-hmm. pitcher in a game that's offensive, you're going to make even more money. Look at the NHL. Again, a league that has had scoring go up because of rule changes. The best goalies are getting overpaid like a mother right now. And they're making a ton more money. And the best scorers are making more money. So it just it, it, it helps everybody. And, you know, I, I wouldn't mind seeing it. I wouldn't mind seeing Javi go deep three times in a game more than once in a season. You know what I mean? Would I hate watching, you know, every single day a 10-9 to 9 baseball game? Maybe. But more often than not, you're probably reasonably... Wouldn't be good for your bullpen, that's for sure. Sure, it wouldn't be... Oh, no, it would be <laughs> awful for your bullpen. But, you know, but more often than not, you know, let's be honest, most games would probably still be like 5-4. Like, they'd still be competitive. They would just be more offensive. And I think that's where, you know, baseball needs to realize that. And then, again, market your players. You know, market your stars. Market Javier Baez. Mike Trout, Bryce Harper, um, Max Scherzer. You know, market these guys. Create a brand for these guys to where if they're switching teams, a whole fan base is coming with them. NBA is the perfect example. Ain't nobody a Cleveland Cavs fan. Ain't nobody a Lakers fan. Ain't nobody a Heat fan. They're a LeBron fan, right? You know, it was probably the same, a very good portion of that in the 90s with guys like Jordan and guys like, you know, Bird and, and Magic. And, you know, again, get it to a point where when you say one name, people know who your players are. NFL's kind of that way. I can say Brady, and you know exactly who I'm talking about. I could say Manning, and you go, ah, which one? But you know who you're mm-hmm. talking about. You know, I could mm-hmm. say Odell, and you know who I'm talking about. But again, if I say Baez, who? If I mm-hmm. say Harper, who? Or Bryce, who? Who's Trout? You know, who's Scherzer? Who are these guys? That's the problem is baseball is not even – and you know what? And, and the NHL is starting to come along a little bit like that too. I know who Ovechkin is. I know who Crosby is. I know who Kane is. I know who Taves is. But I don't know who Trout is. And that's the – I agree with you, Cody, 100%. The best player in baseball is not known 
around the world like the best players in all the other sports are, that's a problem. Yeah. Yeah, and and to build on that, I mean, to think, you know, you you went back to the NHL and, you know, the lockout season, and they had to change their rules in in terms of the two-line pass to open things up to open up more scoring. You know, so maybe baseball needs to go around, have an idea of something like that. You know, maybe they need to open up scoring more often, like you said, juice the ball, figure something out that way. Because if it keeps going down this same stretch, it's not growing. And it's not growing because, A, you know, like you said about the marketing, kids nowadays, they like to make YouTube videos. They like to search on YouTube to watch games. Think about how much more NBA content there is on YouTube opposed to MLB content. And a lot of the reason of that is, is because the MLB prohibits a lot of their content to be used to make videos such as, I mean, they're out there and, and they're credited, but they're, they're taken down far more often than they think. I, I can remember on Twitter as well, a lot of these stats and home runs and things that are shown are taken down pretty quick from other sites because they don't have rights to the MLB. The MLB is, is one of those people, the, those, they really police their content. And maybe that's not the best way to go about it. Maybe you need to be more lax and, and figure things out like that. And I think, you know, going back to the juice ball thing, it, it's a matter of once this older generation cycles out, you can more often do that. You're John Lethers, you're Madison Bumgarners, you know, the guys who've stuck around forever, you know, and I hate to say it because I'm a huge John Lester fan, but he would be the guy to be like, oh, this ball sucks. You know, like this is bullshit. Like, my ERA is, like, nine because of it. And that's okay. Like, I get it because it's not fair to him because the ball that he pitched with for 38 years of his life is different now. And so, he's still trying to battle himself into a Hall of Fame spot. I don't right. Think, I don't think he's an automatic yet. But I think the step for that changed last year because if you look at the minor league numbers, the home runs in the minor leagues were way up. So there's no way that they aren't using the juice ball down there. So I think that they're getting a new generation susceptible to understanding what the baseball is going to look like, you know, further than 2020, you know, down the line to bring more people in. And I think that's the best thing the MLB can do is to say when this older generation cycles out and we can change things in baseball without, you know, John Lester, big old John Lester down at the end of the bench, you know, throwing a shit fit every time he gives up a home run that doesn't seem like it went. You know, that one that lands in the basket with the wind blowing in that looked like a pop-up. Mm-hmm. They're more. They're going to be more likely to switch things up like that. And that's what sucks about what's going on in the world now. Because, and this was going to be a question I was going to ask you guys. Do you think that there's a baseball team out there? We're watching so many small businesses close. You know, some big chains closing. Do you think that there's a number of baseball teams that because of this, no fans, no really revenue are in dire trouble of not opening up their doors in the future. I mean, think about, think about a million teams like the, I hate to say another one of your favorite teams, but the Tampa Bay race, they don't show, they don't have a huge showing. So they, they may not count on huge amounts of revenue, but they do direly need the revenue that they have you know, in place, even at the, at the lower end games. Well, and they, need, know, and they need the revenue sharing from the other teams that are doing well right. in the league to produce that revenue. So my thing is, is do we look at an MLB 
<laughs> they're looking at MLB that's totally different in a year because, you know, the the Devil Rays can't open up their doors or the A's can't open up their doors because, let's face it, there's a lot of these teams that just don't show well, and a lot of owners don't have the – I mean, you've seen Moneyball. Billy Bean fought with his owner all the time about money. You know what I mean? For God's sakes, he paid for Ricardo Rincon out of his own pocket. And that's the <laughs> truth. I looked that up. So, I mean, if they're fighting over $2 million and these teams are losing on average of, you know, $650,000 a, a game without fans, no concession, what are we looking at here? I mean, we're looking at maybe an MLB of 20 teams. You know what I mean? Maybe there's 11 teams that can't make it. You know, and that's that's scary. Yeah. You know, what I mean, what's their contingency their contingency plan to help these teams that don't draw? That that's that's the question we need to be asking. And and mm-hmm. unfortunately, Juice, so I think the answer to that, and Cody, tell me if I'm wrong, is have no season and nobody's getting paid, and that's the only way people can get by. And and I that's why I have no faith that there's yeah. going to be a season this year because mm-hmm. it's cheaper for them to keep the doors closed and not eat money than it is for them to open these doors and show these baseball games, in my opinion. I, I really think that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I, I've, I'm, I've been holding out some slim of hope just for my own, like, selfishness because I want sports. But, uh, you know, I, I'm not holding my breath. That's for damn sure. Yeah. So. No, and I, I agree 100%. And, guys, I'll tell you what. This was a damn good episode. This was fun. I like when we go down these rabbit holes and just talk. Yeah, and we and really did. not Like, we talked about baseball all yeah. the time. Which I'm it was like, relevant, surprised. you know? Exactly. We went into the show, like, pre-show. We were like, yeah, we're probably going to end up talking about a bunch of bullshit that makes no sense. <laughs> Booze and... As long as yeah. that... As far as that uh, long-gone summer... Uh, I wrote that article last week about Rod Beck. I mean, that guy had a most electric... Uh, an electric... Uh, what do you call it? The handlebar mustache? And he had the mullet? I mean... Mm-hmm. That, I can't wait to see a couple shots of him on that in that documentary because he was he was a he, he had his best season as a closer in '98. So I'm sure he's one be- of my favorites. Actually, yeah. going back just a quick me story. I remember you know being in '98. I was seven, so going in and playing pitching machine and being like, "All right, I'm Rod Beck. I'm coming in at the end of the game." And <laughs> I played on the Cubs, man. And now, like looking back at it, I'm like, "Man, Rod Beck. He had he had some issues in his life too." Like. Oh, you know, yeah. it's, it's oh, yeah. obviously his his whole passing is sad. that's a whole that's a whole yeah. story. It's sad, you know. But yeah. you know, looking back at it and thinking I was Rod Beck, I'm like, man, yeah. I was way off kilter. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no doubt. Yeah, I just like I said, he. I'm assuming they're going to talk about more than just Sammy Sosa on the Cubs and more than just Mark McGuire on the Cardinals. They're probably talk about the teams. So uh, I feel like Rod Beck might be the first guy they even mentioned just based off his appearance. <laughs> we should do it. We should ask ESPN to do a 30 30 strictly on Rod Beck. <laughs> I think it could happen. Yeah. I, it, I mean, that guy was nuts, so man. We need a guy like, and you know, talking about the, like baseball today, we need a guy like that in baseball today. Guy just doesn't give a shit. Well, one thing, I mean? like, one thing that was really cool about him is, uh, was in like 2003, he had just spent an entire year off because he had Tommy John surgery, and then he signed back with the Cubs, and he like with him on a minor league deal. I'm pretty sure because he started in AAA, and like the entire time he was with the Iowa Cubs before the Cubs traded him to San Diego, he like lived in his motorhome behind Principal Park. 
uh, <laughs> and just like drank beer and hung out with fans and like told baseball stories and stuff like that. Like you bring a guy like that to baseball today, you'll have, he'll be a fan favorite. <laughs> Why do I feel like? Like Joe Madden was sitting in the cousin Eddie, like right next to him. I know the timelines don't like <laughs> right. don't match up, but let's face it. Like I bet you Joe Madden and Rob Beck were just sitting around a fire, like just yeah. telling this fucked up baseball story. Because right. and that would be like Rod Rod Beck and Joe Madden would be like they'd be an awesome tandem to just like do a podcast with. Just oh, to yeah. sit and talk about just random bullshit. Just do it in their RVs, you know, or their vans <laughs> or whatever. Well, you know, and you got a little, little bit of different too. Like Joe Madden's like, I mean, let's be real. He's kind of a hippie. And then, uh, you know, Rod Beck is, I feel like the complete opposite of that. But yep. they have such, they have so much like, uh, you know, huge personalities that it would be interesting to hear them talk. In the I would just people. sit. I wouldn't even say anything. Like I would just. <laughs> I would just like hand them like two bottles of whiskey and just go go. <laughs> like yeah. by all means, just talk. Like yeah. I'm just gonna record it, and I'm not even gonna tell you where to go with conversations. I'm just gonna say, yeah, just talk about random shit. And I bet you I could fill like eight hours. I bet you, like I could make my own like Jordan documentary just strictly on that meeting, and I'm just talking about things and then just like doing the animations to you know how like for uh, for the Simeon documentary with uh, what's his name, the guy who passed away. Uh, um, I know you're oh, Benji, right? Benji. Yeah, 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 Benji. Like, you know how they, the ESPN doc did the whole, instead of having, like, the videos of, like, Benji, most of the time it was the animations. If somebody grew or drew, like, the, the cartoonish pictures or whatever, like, that would be how I would do Joe Madden and, like, ride back. I would just draw, like, just random pictures of, like, Joe Madden with his big black glasses and, like, ride back with his long, like, just Luscious awesome hair. hair. Which yeah. is luscious, just like just great flow. Yeah, Rod Beck, man. I'm so glad you brought up Rod Beck at the end of this. Yeah. <laughs> I'm actually pissed off we didn't do a whole podcast about just strictly Rod Beck, but we have another show soon, I'm sure. We we sure will, and and I think that is something that we can talk at, at length, especially Cody, as you mentioned, um, post the last summer. Uh, that summer of '98 documentary, um, ESPN 30 for 30. I think that's you know, I think that's going to be great content for us to break down on this podcast. But gents, I agree. I think that's a good note to go out on. It's hard to beat a, a luscious mullet and Joe Madden type conversation with those guys. Um, so just quickly, uh, any last thoughts for each of you uh, before we get out of here for the night? Juice, I'll go ahead and let you lead this one off. Yeah, I, I hope I'm wrong. And there's baseball, gents, but I. <laughs> There's a lot of things that are just up in the air right now. It's a weird time. And I mean, I, I wanted to just t- take a second and I actually went to a hospital today to sell something because that's what I do for my job. And, you know, just thanks to all the first responders because walking into that place, man, it's it's like walking on eggshells, pins and needles, whatever you want to you know use the analogy to. But it's somber in there, man. Like a lot of these places, the normal cafeterias aren't open. You know, they're taking grab and go. They're having something sent. It's terrible lunches. You know, a lot of the times they're they're dealing with stressful situations, not knowing, you know, if they're going to be able to, if they're going to get sick or, you know, if their patient's going to make it. And a lot of times, you know, obviously with this coronavirus, their their families are dying and the people are, are unable to see the people that are passing away. You know, they're, they're doing a lot of these end, um, you know, the last rites kind of over, FaceTimes and phone calls. It's, it's just sad. Like being a nurse or being a doctor right now has got to be just impossible, you know? So thanks to all the first responders, you know, all the people who are keeping us safe and 
you know, everybody stay safe. You know, make sure your family's taking care of themselves. And I hate to end it on a sound remote like that note like that because we had a good podcast, but you know, just being in there today was just real eye opening. You know, not being in a hospital for forever. Walking in for the job that I have, I, I sell equipment to a lot of the uh, hospitals, cafeterias, and just seeing a small amount of the people that work there and, you know, their faces and, you know, a lot of these people aren't smiling at lunch, having the nicest time. So I hate to uh, bring it on a somber note, but it's it's just a slap in the face when you see that today. No, agreed. And and just to quickly add, you know, the, the nurses and the doctors and, and everybody, like you said, first responders as well have been doing an incredible job. And I mean, I, I'm, I'm happy that, you know, on a happy note, I'm happy that they're getting the recognition that they truly deserve because these people have been doing this for as long as human history can recall. And this is, this is finally a time that the, the outreach is there for them to get the true recognition. They, they deserve on a daily basis, not even during a global pandemic. Damn right. I mean, just mm-hmm. the job they do. I have enough, you know, I went to a, a university, St. Dave University has a great nursing program. It's one of the top five in the country. So I have a lot of friends from college that are nurses now. And, you know, talking to them during this is, I agree. It just it, it gives greater appreciation to what they do on a daily basis. So you know, well said, Juice and uh, you know, Cody. Uh, you, I mean, can't yeah. Please be happier. Than <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Here. Uh, so I live about uh, twenty minutes from the Wisconsin border. So if you guys are, I know you're in Michigan, Juice, but uh, Ron, if you and any boys down there in the south suburbs want to meet me, we'll head up to Wisconsin, go to the first bar we see because it's open there. Uh, we'll have a round and uh, you know try to try to you know, remember that the good times. I will be in Illinois this weekend already for Memorial Day. So <laughs> if anybody has got some free time, Ronnie, I'll pick you up. We got free gas to get up there, buddy. <laughs> noted, man. Noted. Yeah, it's crazy, right? I mean, it's, this is kind of the finally the time. It feels like some, some states are opening. Some aren't. Some are yeah. like getting close to being ready to open, and I think they're feeling the pressure of the other states where they're going to open. So it's like it's kind of a weird time in in the country right now. So I agree. Yeah. With you there, Life is so freaking weird. Like twenty twenty needs to just kick rocks, man. Yeah, like, like just twenty twenty. Like fuck off. Like just just. I'm sorry. This probably made it explicit now. Nah, it was explicit word, but... before. You're fine. Yeah, I'm pretty <laughs> sure. <laughs> We've all dropped at least one f bomb tonight. It's fine. <laughs> So, I mean, I'm, I'm just saying, man, fuck 2020, asshats. God, I'd just love to go back to a bar. And, Cody, if they're open up in Michigan or in uh, Wisconsin, I'm home this weekend. Ronnie, I'm picking you up. We're going. All right, man. Like I said, 20 minutes from the border. I'm right right off 94. Just, uh, you guys, slide in the DMs. Let me know. You got to promise me we make a trip up to Miller Park and we egg it. We just got to do that. And we can go have some drinks. for sure man no and i i hear you and it's yeah i think we're all just at this point hoping for for life to get back to normal because uh, let's be honest the summer without baseball a year without really a lot of sports in general has been very strange and you know what i'll tell you i'll tell you this it's on a very positive note it's given me a lot of appreciation for the little things in life uh you know as simple as like you said juice going to a bar with your buddies and it doesn't have to be a crazy night it doesn't have to be a this is one of the top five nights of my life to remember because it was so mm-hmm. stupid blah, blah blah no just casual conversation go watch a baseball game with your buddies go watch a football game with your buddies up at the bar on a sunday afternoon like little things like that that you know admittedly i think the most people just took for granted and i think mm. now people aren't going to take that for granted. i know i'm not i'm going to appreciate every little thing that you know, going out and that kind of freedom does. And, and again, you know, 
further appreciating the people that allow us to be safe and, and keep us healthy and different things like that. So uh, no well doubt, said, man. Jensen. I, I think that'll that'll cap off my last note. But I do want to remind all of our great listeners that they can catch more of our great Cubs content over at our at parent entity website, which is the www.ontapsportsnet.com. We are the official Cubs podcast of the ONTAP Sportsnet. You can find all of our great literature and podcasting needs, wants, and desires about your favorite Chicago sports teams. We got the Cubs coverage. You're hearing some of that right now. We got Blackhawks, Bears, and Bulls. Juice, you've been making a lot of Bulls appearances lately too, man. I'll, I'll be on another one real soon this week. There got you go. Last there you go. So you, we got plenty of great content there. We got a lot of guys that do cross-sport coverages here. Um, and let's be honest, Cubs fans, we all have a friend, at least one. I have a lot because I live in the South Suburbs that are White Sox fans. We have – Bar yeah. by none, some of the best White Sox coverage here at ONTAP Sportsnet in the area, in my opinion. Uh, and I think you will agree with me. So send your friends over to us as well. Once again, you can find us on the interwebs at www.ontapsportsnet.com. You can also find us on social media at ONTAP Sportsnet. That is Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. And, ladies and gentlemen, we're on YouTube now, too. We're starting to create some YouTube content. So go find us there at the ONTAP Sports Network. The ONTAP Sports Network, go ahead and check out what's on tap in Chicago sports. Juice was doing his best impression to try to get me to laugh during that entire spiel. Did not work. I got close, but we did not get there. You're automatic on that thing, man. Dude, You're it's, it's, it's programmed into my brain. I'm just a robot when it comes <laughs> not to Not this life. time, Pat Sajak. I'll get you next time. <laughs> <laughs> All right, gents. Well, hey, man, It was this was fun. This was a great episode with both of you guys. I hope we get to do this again very soon. And, uh. Guys, let's get out of here the only way we know how to. Let's go, Go Cubs. Cubs. Go Cubs. Go Cubs.